We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sean, I think we had a super chat that we're going to start here, okay? Actually, we had a couple super chats. I believe they're both from Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. So Charlie asks, hey, IB, any word on the Utah State transfer? So that is the defensive end. Yeah. What's that? Byron Vaughn. Byron Vaughn. So a couple cool tidbits on Byron Vaughn because I actually had the chance to talk to him a little bit, Charlie. So I know he was – uh, planning on visiting Notre Dame. I think he may have visited this past weekend, if I remember correctly. He so he did. We actually have been following each other for a little bit because he in NFL draft worlds, he's actually pretty well liked. He is a long kid, 6'5, 35 plus inch arms. He has some silly length. Production has been sporadic over the last couple years, but by all accounts, I think he is a player that Notre Dame is interested in i mean they offered him right so obviously he is interested byron vaughn's is getting a lot of interest though because there are actually a lot of there's a lot of offers because i talked to him and there's a lot of offers that he's not announcing that he's he's basically not accepting some offers if he doesn't have interest in the school at all he's basically not putting it out there that they've offered him type of thing right so i think there's interest on both sides we'll see what happens to it and what happens of it but I do think he's an interesting player, but I do think there's a lot, there's a few other edge types that are out there that Notre Dame's going to kind of be looking at a little bit. But yeah. I do think there's certainly some type of I think there's interest from both sides with Byron Vaughn. So development's gonna be a big thing if he does land with Notre Dame, because he is not as good a football player as what his athleticism says on the field. Because he is a long, explosive kid that's had spurts of production, but hasn't had enough. So interesting player i think that there is mutual interest so that's kind of where we are right now charlie is that and there's interest on both sides so we shall see we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think Charlie had another another super chat. We appreciate you by the way, Charlie. Here's the other super chat for Charlie Weiss, Charlie Weiss's Last belt loop. I remember when Rico tweeted out his top schools and people were complaining about his grills in his mouth. Never judge a book by its cover. Good kid. I I, I would agree, Sean, that he is a very good kid. I really, I don't, I don't connect grills to being a good kid. So, dude, there's this there there is this little like false opinion on that type of stuff, right? And not Charlie, obviously, because he didn't judge. But I do think there are some kids, there's some people that look at grills and think like a negative notion of a person, right? Like I do think that's, that that exists. That's just simple-minded people that don't understand culture outside of their own culture. hundred percent. No argument for me. No I'm sure me. I, I, I could have told you if he's going to the state of Texas, he's putting grills in his mouth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cause uh-huh. that's huge in Texas culture. So if he had them, he was going yep. to wear them in Texas. Yep. And, and I'll, I'll say this, man. I like to not judge people by what they look like because everyone is different and comes from different spots. All I can say in, in just my full transparency is Rico Flores is a really polite, good kid, right? He's another one of those kids that's a yes, sir type of person, right? So he's a good kid. I don't judge him at all for that. Like, it is what it is. So, yeah. But appreciate you again, Charlie. And uh, I agree with you. He is a very good kid. And I think he's going to be a good football player at Notre Dame. I really do. We had Karen. Karen, I don't want to pronounce your last name, so I don't don't um, mispronounce it. So if you want to give me a pronunciation in the chat, because, um, I, again, I really do not want to butcher your last name. He said, hi, IB Nation. Watched the game last night and not sure if it was good for college football. Georgia rolled over TCU and has another crop of four and five stars coming. Seems to take all the fun out of it. Sean, your opinion on this? It, it, it's a, it's a very. I mean, I definitely understand where Karen's coming from. Obviously, I wanted a more competitive football game. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, sixty-five to seven, right? That is wild. So, I think in theory, she is correct in the sense that a sixty-five to seven football game doesn't help the brand of college football. It certainly helps the brand of Georgia because <laughs> now everyone's going to be like, "Yeah, I want to go to Georgia to win those types of football games," right? But yeah. your opinion on if it hurts college football, that type of an outcome. Well, I think what we saw, and I I think we saw this in the semifinals, is that when you have underdogs that are given over a month to prepare, 
mm-hmm. it makes a difference. Right. It makes a difference in the games. Uh, if Georgia had played Ohio State with a week of preparation, I doubt the game is that close. I doubt the game is that close. I, I believe Georgia is just that much better of a team than Ohio State. They played a C game and beat Ohio State playing an A game. So, so that really shows you how good Georgia really is as a team. So I understand that. But yeah. you know how I feel. Go beat them. Right. Like, we, don't, we don't do that complaining stuff. Go beat them. Mm-hmm. Right? Georgia had the same task years ago to catch Alabama. They did it. That's the litmus test. Go beat them. Go beat them. You complain. We, don't, we didn't have a quarterback to compete. Now you have a quarterback. That should be able to help you compete in big games. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's not just that they have four stars. They have good coaches. Yes. It's not just the four or five stars. See, Jimbo's an okay coach. That's why the four or five stars down at Texas A&M leave. That's why they leave. And the four or five stars of Georgia, they stay. Yes. Because this is darn good coaching. <laughs> and they win football games. right? That's, yeah. that's why you yeah. can lose five. Defensive players to the first round of the NFL draft and start five freshmen or sophomores on your defense and win another championship. Mm-hmm. Coaching. They got five star coaching and yes. five star players. And that, that's that's a great point, Sean, because it's not just recruiting, right? It's not. No. Is it a big portion of it? For sure. You Heck need yeah. talent. You need talent. Like, there's Heck no yeah. doubt. But I mean, is Georgia? Well, actually, let, let me rephrase this. Texas A&M had a lot of talent this year too, right? They had a lot of talent. Were they any good? Nah, they weren't because to your point, can't coach, man. They're not, it's, it's not a good coaching staff over there. Georgia mm-hmm. has created a culture of really good coaches and really talented football players and everything works cohesively together. Yeah. And Karen, I don't think it's bad for college football. I just think that there's a target on the back of Georgia now, right? Everyone knows where they need to get to. To, to be there, right? The precipice of college football. Uh, did, did you see yesterday, Sean, in the pregame show when um, – or maybe it was the halftime show, I forget, when David Pollock had said something like, Georgia's the class of college football, and Nick Saban oh, was sitting Saban right next to him, and he looked yeah, all yeah, spiteful, yeah. man. It's yeah. so funny. But, but right now – What could he say? You can't. It, they've won two straight national championships. They've won one – they've lost one game in the last two years. Georgia is the standard of college football right now, right? And they are the team – that has a target on the back. So honestly, Karen, for me, I think that it may ultimately help college football because now they have, there's a standard to live up to, right? There's Mm -hmm. a standard to get to. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll phrase it like this, Sean. I don't know if you agree with this. Last night's result of the football game doesn't help Mm -hmm. college football, right? You don't want to see a championship game that's 65 to seven, right? Like that doesn't Mm -hmm. help anybody. But the fact that Georgia has now supplanted and put a target on their back, I think does help college football because now teams are like, we need to get to that, right? We need to unseat that team. It's not Alabama anymore that's just dominating, right? Now a team has kind of supplanted them, and now you know that a team can be supplanted as the national power. So you need to go get that. You need to beat that team. That's the new kid on the block. That's the team that hadn't won a championship in 40 plus years, and they showed that they can do it. Now we need to go do it and beat them in order yeah. to get to that point. Right. Yeah. So that's uh that's what and I then, see. Man. Like somebody said it, it was a I mean, very good question in the chat. Like, didn't Georgia have time to prepare for Ohio State? Georgia 
the players and the coaches said we didn't prepare properly. They, they said did, yeah. that. They did. They said they didn't properly use the time. And they said they were rusty and off kilter because they hadn't played in a month. They said that. They know they got away with playing a C game against a team that played their air gate. They said we didn't deserve to win that game. But yep. some somehow, some way, they were good enough to beat a team that's supposed to be one of the top programs playing an A game, playing their C game. Mm-hmm. That means you're really good. Yes. That's what it means. Yeah. And this is why I said if Georgia plays their A game, I don't care who they play. If they played that way, you can put any team in the nation on that field last night. It wasn't going to make a difference. Right. It would not have made any difference. I don't care who it was. It wasn't going to make a difference last night. This is a season where you just tip your cap and say, you know what? That's a darn good football team. Sure is, man. That's, that, that's, that's just a darn good football team. It just is what it is. They were a darn good football I think they were better than they were last year as a team because I think their offense was light Offense years. was way better than light last year. Light years better, better than last year. Agree so, with that. Agree with that. Yeah. Yep. They were a better football team to me. D- defense was maybe not quite as good as last year, but it was still very good. Yeah. But then the offense took a massive step forward. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. All right. Let's, uh, Pekarin, appreciate the question. And it's very, very good conversation. I really like it. I think short term, just like in a vacuum, it doesn't really help college football. But I think long term, I think it might actually be beneficial. Great question. Oh, Guys, from Rob Osgood. Sorry. Just one little tidbit on that. The trend, the difference in the um, – once they go into the expansion, you won't have those long layoffs for preparation. That's going to change a lot, in my opinion. I just want to point that out. I think that's going to change a lot. You, now you're going week to week as you go through the playoffs. That's, that's going to make a big difference. It might benefit. I don't know who is going to benefit. We'll see how it plays out, but I think it's going to make a big difference that going into those matchups, you won't have those longer layoffs. Agree. Agree. Another great point. Rob Osgood, thank you for the question. Says, guys, in your opinion, how many recruits will Notre Dame take in the 2024 class? And if you could break it down by position. Sure, let's break it down real quick. All right. Quarterback, you have it already, right? That's (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Running back. Running back, I think they take two. I think they could take two as well. I think that they would be okay if all they had was Aeneas, but I do think two would be a good I, good opportunity for them. I, yeah. I think if a kid up in Wisconsin is like, I want to come, mm-hmm. I think you say, okay. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Or I mean, Anthony Carey down in Florida. Absolutely. Yeah. Like one of those guys, you absolutely say, okay, yeah, we'll take two. Mm-hmm. I, I think wide receiver – I think tight end, you have one, you take two at tight end, mm-hmm. right? You said that earlier. Wide receiver, you probably go with three or four. I I think that – so you're going to have Caleb Smith that is going to have the one year, right? And that's the yeah. drag transfer from Virginia Tech. Yeah. You're going to have Matt Salerno who's going to be out of eligibility after this year. And then, I mean, natural attrition, right? Like some somebody's probably going to transfer or that, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff, right? So – 
I would say three, absolutely, maybe four. You might do another four-man class because, mm-hmm. I mean, we have to remember, Dell Alexander left this wide receiver room in a bad. very bad situation. <laughs> Depth-wise, yeah, it absolutely. was bad. So I think you're looking three to four at wide receiver. Yep, you hit tight end was two. I think it's going to be a smaller offensive line class. I think three yeah. is three. probably the number. Yep. I, right now you have Peter Jones committed, and I think that there's probably two slots for true, true offensive tackles. I think they want uh, Garvey Lambert. Is one yes. of the guys they like. And someone had a question about that that we'll get into here yeah. in a second. Yep, Garby Lambert is definitely a guy that Notre Dame wants. Defensive line-wise, this one's interesting, Sean. I think because mm-hmm. you got Owen Wafo right now who projects as an interior player, right? Mm-hmm. I think they take at least one more inter- true interior player, at least Thanks. one. And I think three edges. Yeah. I think three. I think big, three. Big and two Vipers. Yes, I think so. So I think it could be a five-man defensive line class, which mm-hmm. is you had a four-man class in 2023. I think you could get up to five on the defensive line in 2024. Mm-hmm. Linebacker-wise, they may be two. I, I don't. I don't know if it's going to stretch past two. It's not because you just had another three-man class on top of what you've already been building linebacker group wise. So Mm -hmm. I think maybe two is the number linebacker wise, maybe one, honestly, like it depends who wants to come. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's one to two at linebacker cornerback. I feel like you're always just going to try to take two. I think two's the number at corner. Just think that is safety's interesting Mm -hmm. because DJ, DJ Brown's coming back for one more year. He's going to be gone after this year. You're also trying to think of what other safeties are in the room. So you have the grad, the grad transfer, Thomas Harper, right, from Oklahoma State. He'll be out of eligibility after this year. I think three is the number again, Sean. I think two to three safeties, mm-hmm. but three might be the number because, yeah, yeah I, I think that's where we are. So, again, to go through it real quick, Rob, sorry, I know we went through that very quickly, but we have two to three safeties, two mm-hmm. corners, two, one to two linebackers, Five defensive linemen potentially. Think three offensive linemen, two tight ends, three to four wide receivers, one to two running backs, and one quarterback. That's twenty-three. That's twenty-three. 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 So, so I think it's going to be a little bit of a smaller class comparative. I know this one ended up with twenty-four, but Mm -hmm. Notre Dame could have went up to twenty-seven this year Mm -hmm. if they wanted to, right? I think twenty-three is going to be a little less because now Notre Dame's got some transfers. They have. They just got a nice class that has a lot of eligibility and Notre Dame still has a lot of guys that have eligibility remaining moving forward. So I think 23 is a, a pretty good number that will work off for now. Yeah. Yeah. Great question though, Rob. Great question. Yeah. I just, you know, it's funny because, you know, we love responding to people in the chat. Mm-hmm. People once again, Ohio state could not beat Georgia with an A game. So if you want to tell me that if Georgia had played their A game against Ohio State, Ohio State would have won, you're out of your mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They couldn't beat them when Georgia played a bad game. Admitted they weren't prepared. The coaches and the players admitted we did not prepare well, and they caught us off guard with the stuff they did. And C.J. Stroud played out of his mind, and Ohio State played an A game and still (laughs) lost. So you think Ohio State can line up with Georgia without playing an A game and still go toe-to-toe? If it's on the same level, like if Ohio State and, and Georgia both played C games, for instance, right, or if even if it's a B to a C, 
Like, yeah, Georgia's winning that Let's football give, game. Give, give people respect, man. Yeah. And as long as there's respect, right? Like someone just said respectfully disagree in the chat. And like, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, we, we respectfully disagree. Absolutely. Cool. No doubt. Oh, wait, no doubt. Let me ask you, wait, let, let me ask you a question. Let me show you the difference. Yeah. This yeah. is great. We don't even have to go head to head, right? Because mm-hmm. these are top programs, right? Alabama played two C games this year, did they not? They had two C efforts this year. Did they win? Wait, Alabama? Yes. No, well, I mean, I would say they have more than more than two C efforts. Right, <laughs> but they, yeah, they yeah a, to your they, point. No, they, they did a, not. They had a C effort against LSU and they yes. lost. Yes. Yeah. They had a subpar effort against Tennessee and they lost. They probably had a C effort against uh Texas AM and they barely pulled that one out. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Yep. Ohio, Ohio State had a C effort against Michigan. And what happened? They got banged uh-huh. at home. Yeah. Georgia had three minimum C efforts this year. Mm-hmm. Three. They won all Missouri. three. Yeah, yeah. They won yeah. all three. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Teams can that cannot play their best mm-hmm. and still win games show you the difference. Nobody was on Georgia's level this year. Yeah. They were the only team that could play multiple subpar the, games and win yeah. the games. They they were the best team in college football this year. And it, like, wasn't, no... and it wasn't close. Yeah. If they play their best game, no one was close to them. They just Agreed. weren't. Don't agree, don't disagree. They just I mean, weren't. you remember what they did to Tennessee, Sean? That was when Tennessee was healthy too. They, I and mean, the, they dominated. The them, only man. reason the game wasn't worse is because it started raining and Kirby called off the dogs. Yeah, yeah. That game would have been worse mm-hmm. if it didn't start raining like crazy in Athens. It would have been worse. Yep. So, look, they slept walk through that Missouri game for mm-hmm. three and a half quarters and then just hit the switch. Yeah, they were like, okay, <laughs> we need to get serious now. <laughs> they just hit the switch. Like, yeah. dude, Alabama tried to do that multiple times this year. They couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. They ended up with losses. Ohio yep. State, they didn't bring that A effort against Michigan. They got banged. There's only one team that could go to the playoff, not bring an A effort, and still win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And they did it. Agree? Just, I think you – I'm not saying that to disagree. I just think people are being really dismissive of what Georgia did this year. They're being really dismissive. I mean, what are they – they're 29-1 and one in the last two years, right? And they've just been – dominating folks for the most part like i mean that's just where we're at and honestly people are going to find it so disrespectful i'm going to say this sean they went they did that with stetson bennett as their quarterback who i know look hey Stetson Bennett's a good college quarterback but don't be fooled to think that he's not buoyed a little bit by some good dudes around him man let's not let's not be fooling ourselves about that there's a reason that stetson bennett is sitting here with no Senior Bowl invite, with no East-West Shrine invite at the moment. Like, that, that's a fact, man. It is a fact, all right? Hey, Again, I'm, I'm not throwing too much shade because he ended up being a much Show better him. college player than I thought he was going to be. He's Show a him some really love, good college man. quarterback. But Show him some love. Show, so I, he's a two-time national champion, man. He was on the Heisman hey. finalist this year. Hey. I, I show him love when he needs it. He played good football, no he doubt. Might, he might go down in history as the greatest Georgia football player. of all. I mean, some people might. That's wild to me, man. I mean, I'm just saying. He, he's a two-time MVP of two championship games. I'm just saying. With two titles. Yeah. I'm just saying. 
He's a really good college quarterback, man. There's no doubt. There's been a lot of good players that's come through Georgia, oh, I, man. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But when it comes to, like, Georgia football and you – so, Someone just said Herschel Walker, though. That that, that oh. probably be my vote. Probably my no, no, vote. No. <laughs> I'm telling you uh-huh. what the people in Georgia are going to say. They're yeah. like, man, that's I, I, I saw someone on Twitter say this last night, Sean, after the after the win, or maybe it was this morning because I actually went to bed pretty early last night. Like, uh, dude, I went to bed. It was like 45 to 7. I'm like, all right, this is over with. Um, yeah. But someone Thanks. said that earlier today, I think, and I think it was a dead serious tweet that Stetson Bennett's the greatest Georgia football player of all time. And I'm like, really? I told you they're going to say it. They're going to say it. Dude, it's the same way Florida Florida fans say, oh, Tim Tebow's the greatest Gator of all time. Like, are, uh-huh. you, are you kidding me? You know, you think it's somebody else? Uh, uh, a dude named Steve Spurrier? Ah, uh, Spurrier, yeah. That's a good one. And you go That's back good. and – you were talking about the greatest player, a guy named Emmett Smith, and what yeah. he did? Like, come on, man. This Tim Tebow played with some pretty, pretty good dudes at Florida. That team was stacked. Tim Tebow has a much better argument than Stetson Bennett, though, in this situation, would, in my I would, opinion. I would though. agree with that. I would agree yeah. with that. I would agree yeah. with that. Just as a college player. Obviously, when you talk about the that. pro and college thing, like yeah. I mean, it's guys like Emmett Smith, right? Yeah. Like that's that's no that's no conversation. I, I would things. agree with that. But when I, when you win championships, mm-hmm. that for college fans, that just elevates look, no one would tell you in their right mind that Tony Rice is a better quarterback than Brady Quinn. Right. But you start talking to Irish fans about which one is held in higher esteem. Mm-hmm. Tony Rice has that championship, bro. I get that. You know, so that's where that conversation comes from. I, and I think maybe they're not labeling it right when they say, oh, he's the greatest, greatest quarterback or the greatest <laughs> player. No, it's like, man, he they need to give it another label. Yes. You know? Yes. They need to give it another label. Definitely. I will say this about Stetson Bennett. This is the ultimate, ultimate clap here, Sean. Really is. He is about as he's gotten much out of his ability about as anyone that I've seen in college football in a few years. Like mm-hmm. I'll say that about him, man. He is not very talented. I mean, he is five yeah. eleven, even right, one hundred eighty something pounds. Pretty decent athlete, not a bad athlete, and mm-hmm. an okay arm. But he's not incredibly talented, man. He's really not. And he is now a two-time national champion and a Heisman finalist. So I'll give credit to Stetson Bennett, man. He got yeah. the most out of his talent. There's yeah. no doubt. Like, who do you think is the better quarterback? Let's see, this is this is where it gets tricky. Uh-oh. Right? Yeah. Who, who's the better quarterback? Mac Jones uh, or Bryce Young at Alabama? Uh, Bryce Young. But Mac yeah. Jones won that title. See, sure. Bama fans would be like, Bryce didn't win the championship. It's just, it's always tricky, man. It's, uh-huh. all, it's always tricky. You just, I get that. I get that. It's, it's always tricky because that, for college fans, that championship means so much. And that's why Herschel Walker, he, he brought that championship mm-hmm. to Georgia. So you have a guy go back to back and bring, man. Yeah. I don't even want him to mess up. His leg, his legend, legend. Don't even try to go pro. Don't even try. Just walk off into the sunset, get you a nice little Netflix deal for your movie, make money. I think he would actually be good on TV. 
I agree, man. I agree. It's uh, and I know since Ben's been kind of a guy that people throw a lot of shade at, including myself, I've thrown a little bit of shade at it, man. I will not lie, but he's gotten a lot out of his ability. There's no doubt about that. And he has two national championship rings. So yeah. <laughs> someone says he's at the age of retirement. That's he really so is. funny, man. It's so is. funny. Hey, man. Stetson Bennett probably has like a master's degree. He's got two national championship rings. So he's got my respect, man. He's got my respect. We had another super chat. We're going to get through a few of these a little quicker just because I, uh, I have to go pick up the the child today from daycare. So Charlie was his last belt. Stetson needs to hire someone to carry his heavy hand with four rings on it. Tells you imagine what Notre Dame can do with a great quarterback. Guess we'll see this year. I, Charlie, I agree, man. I mean, if if Notre Dame can handle can land a great quarterback, I think that you are gonna see you're gonna see how good this team could be pretty quickly, right? Because that's been one of the positions that just hasn't been quite good enough at points, right? That has been. So agree with you. Agree with you on that one. All right, we're gonna roll through a couple of these, Sean. There was actually another super chat I wanted to get to in a second, but we had Nick Lane who's asking a bunch of recruiting questions about certain players. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna knock a few of these out real quick, Sean. I'm gonna keep these a little brief because we have whole off season to talk about these. Mm-hmm. Nick Lane just asked about Amelia Agard, who's out of Pen- uh, Philadelphia or out of Pennsylvania, I should say. I think he's actually out of Philly, cornerback. So uh, Emilio just had a top eight maybe like three weeks ago. Notre Dame wasn't included. So that's kind of where that one is at. I don't feel good about that one currently. I don't really think Notre Dame's prioritizing him too well. Tyler Smith said, Ivy Nation, wanted to ask how you guys thought of James Laurinaitis after his first season. Did you see improvements from the linebacker position? Uh, Sean, I mean, this is an imperfect question to me just because Al Golden is the actual linebacker coach here, but – do you have any opinions on James Laurinaitis in the first year? Any opinions about him at all? Or let's just talk about the linebacker position, I guess, this year. I think James Laurinaitis, like everybody else, was tasked with double duty, which was being a coach, developing young men, but at the same time developing as a coach for the first time. And that's a that's a difficult task, especially when it's you throw in recruiting and other things that are expected of those coaches. Like Ryan said, I think we're starting to see – most of these coaches in the 24 class swing for the fences in recruiting because this is their first full cycle of being involved with the program and being involved with the players. So absolutely. Um, I think James Laronitis, yes, you have to feel great about his the job he's done. And that's strictly from what we've heard about Nolan Ziegler, Jalen Sneed, and the rest of the young linebackers in practice. I mean, that's he's the guy working with the youngsters. So when you hear all of these great things about the young linebackers coming out of practice, it's due to the work that James Laurinaitis has done with them. So, you know, I don't think we can really look at the young linebackers not playing and judge James Laurinaitis on that. Right. I don't think that has anything to do with James Laurinaitis because I think a lot of the young linebackers could have played and produced this year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's imperfect too, Sean, because, I mean, at the end of the day, the main guy working with the linebackers is Al Golden, right? And then James Laurinaitis is kind of a part of that machine. But I agree with you. I think the young guys, if you see them take massive steps from year one to year two, for instance, right, the Nolan Zekers yeah. of the world, then I think that that's a great – I think it's kind of a great – a little image of how what his impact was for the linebackers. So we'll see. I mean, this year was not good enough. That's just 
just what we're at, right? Like the yeah. linebacker position just wasn't good enough this year. It needs yeah. to get better. There's no doubt. I don't think anybody would dispute that. All right, let's knock some of these out. Sean Nick Lane said mailbag. Jay Sean Ross, would he be a good edge player to go after? Maybe. I, I think that Jay Sean is a really talented player. I, there's just some things I've heard about him that I just don't know if he's going to be a great fit at Notre Dame potentially. So I just think there's going to be other guys that are prioritized. So we'll just yeah. leave it at that. You know, there's a time and a place to have those deeper discussions. Nick Lane also said, were you guys talking about Corey Smith, the running back out of Wisconsin? He was one guy, Sean. You want to talk about Corey Smith for a second, man? Because I know you're a big fan. <laughs> man, just go watch his film. That's it, man. Hey, you don't need us as, like, recruiting analysts or experts. Like, it's it's really simple. It's just turn on his film. Just turn the film on. That's, that's enough said. If you liked Ronald Jones at USC, I think you'll like him. I'll just leave it at that. He's very, very talented. Yeah. We had Nick Lano said, Bronte Johnson out of Indiana. How are we looking at him? We got guys in state we got to get. Uh, so I think Notre Dame likes Bronte as a safety. I think that Bronte is very open to Notre Dame. If Notre Dame pushes hard, I think that they'll have a very good opportunity at Bronte. So it's kind of where we're at with Bronte Johnson. Uh, Nick, I'm just going to give you credit for a couple of these, man, because we're banging through these. I love these questions, though, because they're very informative to what this show is, right? This is the recruiting hour. This one is Jordan Thomas, maybe out of New Jersey, is a match maybe. So I would say this about Jordan Thomas. He's like 6'5", 6'6", 295 pounds. Long kid, super long. I do think he would be a good fit with Notre Dame mm-hmm. as a player. I genuinely, though, right now, just don't think there's a ton of interest on his side. So that's where we are with that. I think there's a couple interior defense linemen that there's a little more traction with. I just don't think there's a ton of traction with Jordan Thomas right at mm-hmm. this moment. Could that change? Sure. Right now, I don't think so. We had one about Ryan Wingo, Sean. Where are we at with Ryan Wingo? I would say with Wingo – I think they make his cut down list. Yes. That's probably coming. Yes. You know, uh, but some guys do two lists. They go to like an eight ten, and then they'll go down to a four. Mm-hmm. I think Wingo's probably going to do the same thing, eight ten list, and then cut it to a four, and then ultimately make a decision somewhere in the fall or early, you know, late summer, early fall. Yeah. You know, but Notre Dame's going to Notre Dame's going to make the final list. I think so. Opinion. Yep. No, I think I think they will too. I keep telling people I think that they are a real player for Ryan Wingo. Mm-hmm. Will they end up with him? I, I mean, I don't know, man. Like it's still very open in my opinion. I do think yeah. Tennessee's a major player. I do think there's a couple schools that are major players. Yeah. I think Arkansas is actually a little bit of a major player, to be honest, just because of yeah. his family ties. But I think Notre Dame has a legitimate shot there. I do. So yeah. Getting him back on campus this spring, I think, is going to be a priority, obviously, right? I think he's going to be at Tennessee this weekend. So getting him back sometime soon will be big for them. We also had one about the Smith brothers out of um, out of Massachusetts, Sean. So that's Jacob Smith, like Jared Smith. Smith. Yep, Jared Smith is more the strong end interior player. And then Jacob yeah. Smith is a 6'5 Viper type. I think they're both high on Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's high on them. It's just a matter of closing and seeing when the end, the final date is to make yeah. a decision. So I think they're in a good spot with the Smith brothers. Yeah. Sean, you uh, you talked a little about this kid earlier, so let's bang this one out. It's about Gerby Lambert. We at, mm-hmm. How are we at? Where, where are we at with him by any chance? So uh, I think Notre Dame is very high on Gerby Lambert, obviously. They are. They are. You know, his teammate was in the 22 class. He's very high on Notre Dame. 
Um, he was very talkative about Notre Dame, and then he just kind of cut down the whole media thing while they were going to the playoffs. And now talking to him, he's going to have a list coming out in the next week or so, you mm-hmm. know, going into the uh, the open period. And just like him, he does plan to get up to Notre Dame in the spring mm-hmm. for another visit. And then, you know, all of these guys, it's, it's so the 24 guys really want to make decisions earlier. Yeah. They do. So summertime, you know, expect a decision for Gerby Lambert. You know, and linemen are like that. I don't think a lot of offensive linemen really take, you know, their recruitments deep unless yes. it's, you know. They, they don't. They don't. I mean, they're just trying to make a good decision. It's like yeah. uh, Jagasol last year, right? Like yeah. he wasn't holding out because he wanted to have the media and stuff, no. right? Like he just wanted to make a good decision. Like that's yeah. just it, right? That was so, it, you know, so. Yep, Gerby Lambert's high on their list, though. He's a very talented kid. Him mm-hmm. with Harry Heastant is a match made in heaven. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah. A couple questions here left. We have from Jay Henry. What does safety recruiting look like in 2024? Obviously, over the weekend, Sean Peyton Woodyard committed to the yeah, University of Georgia, Georgia, which was yeah. expected, right? Notre so. Dame was high on his list, but it had kind of been Georgia for a few weeks, yeah. right? So yeah. Notre Dame had a shot there to get back into it late, but – just, you know, Peyton made a decision, and I yeah. hope him well. Great kid, by the way. Peyton Woodyard is a great kid. I had to meet him in person for the first time this weekend. Really good kid before he made his made his decision. So I'm happy for him. Where is safety recruiting, Jay? Honestly, it is weird right now, man. I'll be honest with you guys. Like, I – there's a, it's still a very talented board that Notre Dame has. I mean, they have guys like KJ Bolden on the board, Mike Matthews, Rico Jones, Kaj Sanders is a kid I know they'd like out of New Jersey, right? It's a very talented board, but I am not sure what it's going to end up looking like for safety in 2024 right now, man. I think there's a lot of moving pieces, and uh, we'll see what the final decision is. So that is uh, – We'll see. I, I have an. I actually have an article coming out soon, Jay, about kind of what what it's going to look like. And uh, yeah, so I think there's going to be a few names on there to keep an eye on. But I think Notre Dame has some work to do for the safety recruiting in 2024. We have Tyler Binge who just said mailbag. How is Okoye's recruitment going? That's Danny Okoye, who's a homeschooled kid out of the state of Oklahoma. Sean, six five. 230 plus pounds. If you want to see some fun film, go pop on Danny Okoye, who is a absolute freak show of a football player, man. A little raw still, but he has incredible length, explosiveness. That would be right near the top of my list as far as true Vipers in this class. That kid is an absolute stud. So where is it at? He's scheduling out uh, visits for this spring and summer right now. Notre Dame will definitely be one of those visits. There's no doubt. And I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a game visit as well to Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame is well-liked on his behalf. I think Notre Dame also reciprocates that interest. So I think Notre Dame is going to be a legitimate player for him, but you're going to have to fend off the Oklahomas of the world, those you know deep Midwestern schools, right? Like those are the teams because he's an Oklahoma kid. And it's hard to get – Oklahoma kids out of Oklahoma sometimes. Like it's just point blank to it, right? But I think Notre Dame has a pretty good shot, and uh, it's just going to be about impressing when he finally gets on campus because he's not been on campus yet. So that's where we are with him. Last question, Sean. Just want to bang this one out because I had a little piece on this young man recently, Nicholas Morse, Jason Robinson Jr. I love the film. 
that's the wide receiver out of um, out of uh, Long Beach Poly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how realistic it is though, but dynamic player, no doubt. At least Stucky has made the decision a hard one. I'll say this, Sean. I'll let you comment on whatever you want to. I think that <clears throat> there is a lot of interest on that side of things from Jason mm-hmm. Moore. A lot more than I thought there was going to be. When I heard he was visiting originally, like a few months ago, and then he ended up not making the visit, I was like, "Oh, that's it. Like <laughs> he's not he's not leaving Cali." I, even though he's committed to USC, I think there's a legitimate chance for Notre Dame here because mm-hmm. the thing that people near him have commented on a lot is that Chancey Stuckey is relentless, mm-hmm. and they went out to Notre Dame when it was snowing for the Boston College game. They had a great time, man. So, yeah. I think there's a realistic chance that that happens, Nicholas. Is it going to be hard? For sure. Getting a a, a Kyle Poly kid away from USC, right? Yeah. Like, that's not easy. Long Beach Poly kid. But I think Notre Dame has a chance there. I do. And his younger brother is a really good player, too, as well. Jaden Robinson that you need to keep eyes on for 2025. You're darn right he is. I think Malik, he plays against those guys every year out there in the CIF. And he he raves about both of them. And he raves about the younger one. A little yes. bit more than he Skyler. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's if they can get one. I mean, that's Notre Dame with the, those those guys, Emmett Mosley. They have a chance to get some impact guys from California in 24. Some real dynam- dynamic playmakers. And when you're a national brand like Notre Dame, you need to dip into Texas like they did this season. You need mm-hmm. to dip into California like they also did with Rico Flores and Cooper Flanagan. You need to dip, dip into the hotbeds of recruiting. And I think that Notre Dame has a chance to do so as well. So that's going to recruit it. Uh, recruit it. That's going to end it for the Notre Dame recruiting hour here. Joining you live, Ryan Roberts, director of recruiting here, as well as Sean Davis, recruiting analyst for IrishBreakdown.com. If you, before you leave, if you could please hit that like button. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit that notification bell because we'll be having a lot more shows this week as well as IB Nation Sports Talk tonight at 6 o'clock Eastern time. We want to thank you all so much. It's going to be a long offseason, a lot of good recruiting intel. Sign up at boards at irishbreakdown.com. Thank you all so much. Thank you. from This is uh, from Sean. I am Ryan. Thank you all again for joining Notre Dame Recruiting Power, the Recruiting Hour on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. 